Based off of our arguments today, all right, okay. who wins, myself or Ileana? <laughs> I didn't even make a closing <laughs> argument. That was your choice. You t- you wanted well, to if, present if it they, like a if scientist. They closed it like that, <laughs> then yeah, I would have assumed she's guilty. Mm-hmm. So I win. Yes. Okay. That's all I wanted. <laughs> he wanted the medal. He wanted the, 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 the win. Yeah. No. You're listening to the Tilted Lawyer Podcast, a show that inspires the legally challenged to enter the courtroom armed with a plan. I'm Omar Serrato, owner of the Eagle Law Firm, experienced litigator, and the man you want to talk to before your big case. My co-host is Ileana Colon Rosa, owner of Colon Rosa Law, and a rising star in Southern California. Welcome, everybody, to episode 21 of the Tilton Lawyer podcast. This is part two in our series regarding Casey Anthony and the relitigation of her case based on the evidence that actually came out at trial. So, in other words, we're almost like an appellate court where we are not concerned about what you heard in the media or what Nancy Grace said or what you might have heard in interviews. We're only focusing on what was presented to the jury during trial. That's all we're going to talk about because that was all they had to go off of to decide whether or not uh, guilty or innocent. Now, yesterday, last week, uh, we didn't have Ileana with us, but we have her with us today. Mm-hmm. And uh, we discussed the timeline that day about what happened leading up to the death of Kaylee Anthony, <coughs> to the 31 days that uh, had um, passed before she decided to report her daughter missing. Leading up to the discovery of the remains and uh, her taking the police on a wild goose chase uh, to Universal Studios where she used to work, say, oh yeah, I work here. Oh, by the way, just kidding. I was just, I was just <laughs> kidding. I don't really work there. We went through all of it. And, you know, based off of everything, I had Jocelyn and Melissa here with me. And they were like, oh yeah, both. She's definitely guilty. But then we talked about what was presented to the jury. And they're like, eh, Maybe not guilty. Mm -hmm. And so what I was really hoping to do last week is to have Ileana in here and have her convince me (laughs) that that she was guilty or that she should have been convicted, which, you know, it doesn't sound like she's for that camp. So No, like, I... I don't think the evidence was enough. I mean, I, I think the, the verdict was right. I don't think there was enough to convict her, but I do mm-hmm. think that yeah. she's not completely innocent. She knows a lot more than she's actually telling. So yeah. that's my point. I know, I don't know, the whole documentary, it just confused me more and it just made me question her more. Like, Well, <laughs> I think that if she were to get up on the witness stand at trial, mm-hmm. she would have been torn to shreds. Oh, yeah. Because mm-hmm. I don't know if you saw her or any portion. Last week we paid a, we played a portion of her um, interrogation videos. Mm-hmm. I mean, she lied to the whole time. She's like, yeah, mm-hmm. I lied to you. I lied to you mm-hmm. then. Wow. I'm probably lying to you now. I was <laughs> yeah. pretty much, and she was unapologetic. Yeah, I know. I know mm-hmm. what I said. I know that I was a liar. Yeah. Why should we believe you now? I'm not sure if you should. So you're not going to oh obviously put somebody like that that's on the, I mean, obviously she didn't say exactly those words. Yeah. But- in so many words, that's what she was trying to tell everybody mm-hmm. that I was lying and not telling the truth because I've been lying my own my whole Entire life. life yeah. And so, if she were to get put on the stand, all that we're going to do is bring in that interrogation mm-hmm. um, footage and saying, "Okay, so you came in here and you told us a story, and that's that's all well and good. You told us that your dad woke you up and brought the dead." Uh, corpse of your three-year-old daughter to you and said, look at what you did, and then decided to discard it. 
uh, 12 blocks down or 12 houses down in the woods somewhere. Yeah. And that's all you know. That's all you know, right? That's a story that you've uh, woven together for this jury to hear. But didn't you tell the cops that you're a freaking liar? <laughs> you've been one your whole <laughs> life. Why should yeah. we believe anything you have yeah. to say? That's what would have happened. Obviously, that's why the defense decided not to have yeah. her testify. Fifth Amendment stuff, mm -hmm. you know. So, all right. Well, if you guys are... It seems like the more people that we speak to um, on this case that have had any uh, inkling to look at the actual evidence come to the same conclusion. Yeah, the evidence was not that great. No, it's not <coughs> what was pre presented. Mm -hmm. So last week, I kind of hold... I, I held that same um, opinion. But this week, I'm going to play the other side. I'm going to try to play the prosecutor oh. and convince you, too, <laughs> that she's guilty beyond a reasonable doubt, okay. which uh, the state was unable to do against uh, the defense team mm -hmm. of Casey Anthony. And um, I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to convince you guys, much less myself, of her guilt. <laughs> but one of, our, one of our listeners commented on this video saying which I think you pretty much summed it up exactly mm -hmm. how I was thinking about it, have thought about it. She might well have killed this girl. Yeah. But you could have driven a truck through the reasonable doubt in this case, which is all that's required of the defense. Just mm -hmm. give me another reasonable mm -hmm. explanation as to what happened. Mm -hmm. And it's the burden is on the prosecution to prove beyond a reasonable doubt. The defense has, doesn't have to prove shit. Exactly. Now, obviously, if they say, oh, no, it couldn't have been Casey Anthony, aliens came down and abducted her. <laughs> That's not reasonable doubt, no. right? That's not a reasonable explanation. But based on what was presented to the jury, it there was a plausible story that went along with the holes in circumstantial evidence. And then the prosecution tried to extend this scientific explanation about how Kaylee may, may have died. Um, they tried to press forward on this idea that chloroform was involved or somehow maybe she was trying to make chloroform and I don't it wasn't on the documentary that you watched I don't think okay. <coughs> there was another, yeah, there was another documentary one. that addressed that issue mm -hmm. like you can't just make chloroform mm -hmm. in your bathroom you got to have a whole chemistry <laughs> lab and you probably should have a chemist there that knows mm -hmm. what they're doing it's not that easy to just synthesize chloroform and Kaylee or Casey would have been like what 21 22 at the time didn't even finish high school, I don't believe, mm -hmm. let alone have any kind of experience with a, a chemistry lab. So unlikely, right? But that's what they were trying to convince the jury of. <coughs> there was the decomposition evidence of the one strand of hair mm -hmm. that was in the trunk oh, yeah. of the car yeah. that had, uh, I, I say striations, but they're not, they were like these rings that were the telltale signs of human decompositions. Mm -hmm. But there were like 50 different ways you could get those same striations yeah. on a strand of hair mm -hmm. that didn't involve um, decompositions, mm -hmm. that uh, that simply um, relied on changes of the pH level, which I don't know what the fuck that means, but that's <laughs> what they said. <laughs> pH level to what? I don't know. But uh, I mean, I'm not a scientist, yeah. but they were just saying there's 50 different ways. You got one hair. Sure, you could conclude that that's the result of human decompositions, or you could conclude these other things that it might have also equally uh, have been. So <clears throat> I'm going to try my best. I'm not <laughs> sure how I'm going to do, but um, what did you think about the documentary, the Casey Anthony three-parter that came out? Um, like I said before, it just confused me more. Like all, 
that she was saying all of a sudden, like 10, what is it, 10 years after? It's like, mm -hmm. oh, why are you talking about this now? And you didn't at that time. Um, I mean, I do understand her whole position of that what she was going through. Um, I know that it's possible, but it just, it just made me question her more and also question the entire family. Yeah. <laughs> like even the dad, I'm like, oh my God, this is just, just a very screwed family and I don't trust any of them. And I, I feel for her because I think even, uh, even everything that she went through, I think she's, she did love um, her daughter. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. I think she just knows a lot, lot more than what she's saying. And that's the part that I'm like, mm -mm. I, I don't trust her. I don't trust her. Well, I think a lot of people don't trust her because she's not a trustworthy person. No, no. By her yeah. own admission, way mm -hmm, back yeah. then. Mm -hmm. Which she's never tried to state that. I mean, she did in the documentary say, I over, I compensate for my inability to tell the mm -hmm. truth by being overly truthful, mm -hmm. which is bullshit. What? <laughs> it yep. doesn't. That doesn't make sense. Make any sense. Did you guys ever see this picture? The more I was going oh into this, into this, uh, digging into Casey Anthony. Is that real? Is there like a Photoshop? No, that's a, that is a real picture. They hung out together at some kind of party or whatever. There's multiple pictures of them on the oh internet. God. Um, the ultimate, I don't know. I found others, but they're, they had an occasion to, I guess, meet up at some place in Florida. I mean, they both live in Florida. But Why? <laughs> and they took a, they decided, hey, this is a good photo op for the two uh, luckiest defendants that ever were. O.J. Simpson, Casey Anthony, two uh, acquitted defendants, right? Um, and so I had opinions about Casey Anthony going in. Um, and when the documentary came out, it seemed like it was a love letter to the world as in, mm -hmm. please forgive me and yes. don't look at me like I'm a, a child murderer. Look mm -hmm. at all of these bad things that happened to me in life, which mm -hmm. they very well may have. Last week, I made the argument that it made a lot of sense. Um, I wasn't impressed by her behavior mm -hmm. in the 31 days. I don't care that she was partying and like carrying on. And I just call that going on a bender. You know, a lot of people when they're dealt mm -hmm. dealing with a traumatic situation. Yeah. Um, it's like that old uh, that old saying, the old cowboy way. Mm -hmm. Oh man, all these bad things happens. I'm just gonna go drown myself in whiskey and horrors, <laughs> <laughs> and that's what men do. And I don't think it's all that different from women. Women do that all the time. But then after those 31 days, and like it took some time, of course, for the trial to start. Like I did, yeah. Why didn't she? Yeah. There is um a little bit more. <laughs> there was this one doc because I know exactly what you mean. There's this one documentary on the internet floating out there, JCS Criminal Psychology, okay. um, which did a fantastic job for years mm -hmm. um, breaking down the psych psychological aspect of mm -hmm. uh, police interrogations yeah. and um, the criminal mindset, the defendant mindset. Yeah. They did the same thing for her, and they just noted her lack of emotion mm -hmm. when discussing anything related to Kaylee Anthony and her overabundance of emotion when anybody showed her any empathy whatsoever. And they highlighted mm. her um, recorded prison conversation between her parents. Oh, yeah. 
Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Where they were asking her about Kaylee, and then she was all very stoic and robotic and, mm-hmm. you know, almost angry. But then when they asked her, how are you doing? And she would get all teary-eyed and start welling up and, you know, producing emotion. Um, and they were connecting that to her um, lack of remorse, um, knowledge that it's a lost cause. She's already dead. You yeah. know, keep on looking if you want to. Yeah. Um, and having to deal with the, the very real emotions of being imprisoned and having to uh, put on this uh, face, this face, mm-hmm. and all the emotion coming out at an opportune time when questioned about how she's doing. And yeah. so she had that, and aside from lying to the cops and all these mm-hmm. other things that happened. If I was sitting on a jury and you told me, and I connected it to my experience with people that have dealt with trauma in my own cases, mm-hmm. family law cases, yeah. domestic violence, um, murder cases, the victims of... Um, the family members of the victims of murder cases, mm-hmm. uh, cases where children were the victims of um, heinous child molestation, mm-hmm. extreme child molestation, having to cross-examine the victims on those cases and the effect, uh, the, the personal affect that they would take on when they would respond to my questions. It was very reminiscent of what I witnessed in, yeah. I'm not a psychologist, I'm just mm-hmm. saying I, I, I noticed some similarities. Yeah. Um, and this lack of emotion in describing traumatic events. Mm-hmm. For example, when I when I I once represented a man that was uh, accused of child molestation, mm-hmm. and we had a full blown jury trial on the case, and I had opportunity to interview the victims in that case. At the time of the incidents, would have been thirteen, nine, and seven. Mm-hmm. So by the time we we're in trial. She was 18, 14, and uh, I can't, I forget what I said, 12, but they're older, right? Preteens, teenagers, and and an adult. (coughs) When they were describing the incidents, interestingly, they all remembered it. They all remembered specifically the events a whole lot differently. Than they did before. Independently than they did together. So their stories did not match. And based on the not them not matching their stories, mm-hmm. I attempted to create, they can't be telling yeah. the truth. They made up stories and they all have different versions of it because mm-hmm. they didn't personally experience it. Mm-hmm. Or they did personally experience they it, but they remember. perceived it mm-hmm. in many different ways. And they dealt with it uh, personally in many different ways. Mm-hmm. And um, But all three of them, when they, with the exception of the one that wasn't actually a victim, he was just a witness mm-hmm. to, it was actually two victims and okay. there was another child in the room okay. at the time. And the one that was just a witness, not a victim, mm-hmm. had all of this emotion and anger towards uh, my client. <coughs> and uh, he acted as if you would expect somebody to um, testify if they were confronted with somebody that mm-hmm. might have molested his cousins, yeah. right? Yeah. But the girls lacked that emotion. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't trying to incite emotion either. I wasn't mm-hmm. trying you know, I did not want to like tear them because they're children. Yeah. Right. And um, young girls at that. And I'm mm-hmm. not going to sit there and call them liars and, you know, tear them apart on the witness stand mm-hmm. because the jury will hate you. You'll yeah. sabotage, you're, <laughs> they you'll see sabotage your case. They see that. Um, I was simply trying to get the facts out. Mm-hmm. And the whole reason why I believed in my client's case was because of the differences that they presented mm-hmm. um, to the jury in their stories and in police reports and other evidence. Anyway, um, long story short, 
After a long deliberation, it was almost a mistrial. Uh, they ended up convicting my client. Oh, wow. He was sentenced to six years for what they said that he did. Mm -hmm. And um, that was the only jury trial I ever lost. And um, to this day, um, if you ask me if I still believe my client's case, I do. Mm -hmm. I do. Only because of the other stuff that are brought up. And I've talked about it on the show before Mm -hmm. um, about, you know, everybody was in the room at the same time. It doesn't Mm -hmm. make sense that all that was going on while there was multiple adults in the room. Because if that's the case, then arrest everybody. Everybody Mm -hmm. should be on trial. Because they witnessed a, a, a child molestation of, of sexual assault, and they did nothing to stop it. Mm-hmm. But that wasn't the case. They just went after my guy. But I live with the decision. The jury made their call, and uh, I respect it. Mm-hmm. I respect it. I don't even fault them for it. You know, I, I respect the decision. My client served six years in prison for it. And uh, I went home. And um, if I was not married at the time, I might have went on a bender myself. <laughs> Screw it. You know? um, but no, I had to go to get in therapy and some therapy myself to discuss that case because it really messed with mm-hmm. me. Yeah. Number one, I mean, criminal cases are they're difficult by themselves mm-hmm. because your you know your client's freedom is on mm-hmm. the line, and I couldn't help but wonder what I might have done different to prevent yeah. my client from sitting in a jail cell. But the truth is. The people spoke. It was the people of the state of California versus my client. They found him guilty and uh, sentenced him to six years. So he was exactly where the people wanted him to be. And all I did was present the facts. And so it took me a long time to get over that. And this is why lawyers drink. Oh, yeah. That's true. One of the highest percentage, right, of professions that have drinking problems and drug addictions. And that's probably one of the reasons, yeah. Yeah, it's it's no doubt a reason. Mm-hmm. Um, and so criminal cases, for that reason, they're very difficult on your soul. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have one. If you have one. <laughs> you, you, have one. you think it's better to walk in with no soul? <laughs> uh, it's easier. Uh, yeah. It's certainly easier. Yeah. There's some people like that. <laughs> I mean, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. Like uh, in, in these civil cases where it's not any of that stuff involved, where mm-hmm. there's a... There's a, a victim involved. And it's like maybe maybe it's just all about money. Yeah. Or financial. some of our family cases. Oh, they're arguing about the house, oh, yeah. and there's, we're not really all that emotionally involved because it's just simple math, right? Yeah. Those cases don't affect me at all. Like on a scale of one to ten, zero. I could do those all day and have no remorse because the law is the law. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we're not trying to. We're not. You know, nobody's life is on the line. But mm-hmm. criminal cases, it just hits you a little bit differently. And there's so much involved with it. I mean, in this case mm-hmm. of Casey Anthony, I mean, I have a two and a three year old. Yeah. And uh, before this case, I had a, a five year old, right? And when you have children and you know that there's this adorable little baby mm-hmm. that looks a lot like your kids, or you could imagine, like you could see your children in the pictures that you mm-hmm. see of her on the on the media, it just it hits you a little bit mm-hmm. different. And imagine having to try that case and you're defending Casey Anthony. Mm-hmm. And at the heart of it all is a dead baby. That's what mm-hmm. she is. She's dead. Yeah. And somebody caused her death. Was it a parental negligence? Was it an accident? Or did this lady uh, choke the life out of that baby? Mm-hmm. And then you have to deal with the knowledge of you've gone through the investigation. You saw all the same stuff that I saw. Google search for foolproof suffocation around the time Kaylee Anthony would have been seen for the very last time by the testimony of dad. Mm -hmm. 
or grandfather in that case, yeah. George, George. It's a tough case. It is. Was her death ruled a homicide? It was not. Oh. Matter of fact, let's get into it before we waste yeah. time. I'm just going for 26 minutes. We haven't <laughs> got to any of this shit. All right. <coughs> before I do that, um, pause. I'm going to reset the camera. Oh, cool. They're ginger shoes. Ginger shoes? Yeah, they're kind of like a, I guess, um, shoes. hard candy, but they're, oh. they're softer than hard candy, and they help. Chews. Like, oh, chews. Yes. Sorry, Ginger my accent chews. No, yeah. <laughs> if you want some, I have a lot in there. No, it's okay. I try that, and it honestly just makes it worse, because mm. then I start getting addicted to that shit. I've been trying oh. to avoid, like, the, the whole cough drops, because I'll go through, like, bags of, like, the 200 drops, whatever, all day, and then I'll have like all of this because all yeah. this shit has sugar in it. Yeah, even yeah, the sugar-free sugar. ones. It's like, you know, can oh. I try one though? I oh, kind of yeah. like mango. My, my <laughs> client uh, in court yesterday, uh, she had a cough too. Sweet, same and boat as you. Spicy. And yeah. if it wasn't for this, I think she would have been thrown out of the courtroom. So trial began mm-hmm. May twenty fourth, okay, two thousand eleven. I'm not going to go through the whole timeline of how we got here. That was on episode twenty. We did a whole hour fifteen on that. Mm-hmm. And so if you're if you're watching this. And this is part two. Um, and you want to catch up, um, go watch episode 20 before. Mm-hmm. Catch up with us. And now mm-hmm. we're going to go through the trial. So <clears throat> May 24th, trial begins in Orlando, Florida. I'm not used to the microphone being right here. I feel like I've been sitting back in my chair, like mm-hmm. being a little too casual. <laughs> um, um, prosecution begins with their opening statement. And their opening statement was along the lines of Casey Anthony used duct tape to suffocate Kaylee Anthony. So they have prescribed, from a juror perspective, the prosecution takes their opening statement and they are promising that they're going to prove that this little girl was suffocated with duct tape. They've already backed themselves into a corner. Now they got to prove it. All right. And... The defense contends the child, the defense in their opening statement says, no, no, no. The child actually drowned in the grandparents' swimming pool. George Anthony warned Casey that she was going to be in prison for life for child neglect and then covered up her death. Thus, failing to report the incident for 31 days. And also, because George had sexually molested Casey as a child, she had a habit of hiding her pain and lying Um Casey admitted that she had fabricated the story of the nanny. Remember Zenaida? Yes. She made up a whole nanny and yeah. said, oh, yeah, no, I dropped it off, and she's the last person to see my daughter yep. alive and go look for her. Completely made up. And by the way, there was a defamation <laughs> lawsuit oh, wow. that uh, was filed. I don't know what the what happened with that, but they, she filed one. The actual person mm-hmm. filed a defamation suit. Um, there was also questions about this guy, Roy Cronk, which is... Absolutely crucial mm-hmm. to the case because this guy, he's a meter reader in Florida. I think they talked about him on the new documentary, didn't they? I don't he's him. the guy that found the remains okay. and he called the police and said, Hey, y'all might want to get down here. I think mm-hmm. I found a dead body. And um, they didn't go there to investigate. So he calls oh. the next day and he says, uh, <laughs> Hey, I called yesterday. <laughs> I found a bag with some bones in it. You guys might want to send somebody. Um, I don't remember if they sent him that day or not, but shortly thereafter, a police officer goes investigate. He goes down and he points out the section where mm-hmm. 
Everything was found. He starts walking down the hill and he slips and falls and he gets all pissed off. He's like, why are you wasting our time with this shit? And then he just basically takes off and does not investigate. Doesn't even, doesn't even say, point to me where you found it and I will take a look. Just decides, F this shit, I'm out. <laughs> and then leaves. And um, I, I saw some articles from like back in 2009 um, I don't know if the guy was actually fired or not, but he's certainly under investigation for yeah. botching the investigation. Yeah. And it was sometime thereafter that the police actually came forward. Oh. And then there was this whole issue of whether or not the remains were tampered, tampered with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why is that significant? Because we don't know if the, he tampered with the evidence. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if there was duct tape wrapped around the entire skull. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there was flesh that might've been involved. Cause I think it was some months afterwards. Like that happened literally like in August and the remains were not found until I think December oh, wow. oh. based on the timeline. Okay. So if there was any flesh, any opportunity to conduct mm-hmm. an autopsy and determine a manner of death opportunity missed, mm-hmm. right? Because of either the, well, definitely because the police and, Bushed that investigation. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm a cop. If I'm a cop, and if you're if you are law enforcement and listening to the show, please let me know how you would handle it. <laughs> I just have to. I just have to imagine if somebody, if I was responding to a call that there was a dead body mm-hmm. or a bag of bones somewhere down in a gully, that I would make the guy point out where it was mm-hmm. before I just decided. Uh, you know what? I'm 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 not dealing with this today. I'm not <laughs> dealing with it. Call somebody else. <laughs> I just can't imagine that that would be my response. But if it would be yours, uh, let me know. Maybe there's some protocol that I'm missing. But yeah. as a criminal defense attorney, um, I would have a lot of questions for the mm-hmm. officer um, and for Mr. Cronk about whether or not he found and discovered and moved the body or tampered with mm-hmm. as there were. He was a huge part of this trial. Um, at any rate, uh, prosecutors call mm-hmm. grandpa as the first witness, George oh, yeah. Anthony. Mm-hmm. Um, and he denies to having ever sexually abused his daughter, obviously. And of course. Of course. Says, <laughs> no, I did not cover up the to death. That, yeah. yeah, but that's what he did. That's what he said. And that, that was day one of trial. Uh, day two of trial, uh, the prosecution, uh, because of various friends of Casey Anthony who testified about her fabricated stories during June and July of 2008 of having a job um, and employing a nanny for Kaylee, uh, they, they bring her friends to, to talk about those mm-hmm. things. Um, and so they're getting into her work history. They're getting into, um, her, um, propensity to lie. Mm-hmm. They're, they're basically introducing propensity evidence, yeah. which is only offered for a limited purpose, which would say that she's a liar. Mm-hmm. Um, a neighbor testified that in mid June, in mid June of 2008, which would have been around the time of the incident, uh, Casey and a boyfriend borrowed a shovel from him to dig up a bamboo root. So I guess trying to lay the groundwork for her planning of disposing of a body, mm -hmm. right? May of 2006, we're day three of trial. A former boyfriend testifies that Casey told him that her brother, Lee Anthony, had sexually groped her. Mm -hmm. Um, George Anthony's called back to the witness stand where he says that uh, he didn't smell decomposition in Casey's car on June 24th of 2008 and states that he put duct tape over a hole and one of the plastic gas, gas cans that had been returned. So they start talking about um, the duct tape that was found mm-hmm. on the corpse, but also on gas cans that were found in her car. Her car, yeah, okay. which was significant because there's no question, and there wasn't a question at trial that the duct tape that was found mm-hmm. matched. 
that they what they had in the house, mm-hmm. right? So they get in some of that. On May twenty seventh, they're they're starting to they're trying to lay a foundation. Um, here's where the prosecution is going with this at this point. Casey planned to murder her daughter mm-hmm. and cover up her death. Yeah. So she's borrowing tools to do the job. And the way that she was going to go about it was she was going to transport the body in a trunk and dispose of it where the body was found in this wooded area about 12 houses down from where her, she actually lived. All right, that's that's what they're trying to establish. And the jury, they're, they're not getting these summaries like this. They're having to put all of this together through this careful piece-by-piece mm-hmm. evidence yeah. that they're doing. Um, so on May 27th, a tow truck company manager and George Anthony, they testify that from their experience, the smell from Casey's car resembled human decomposition. Yeah. And on cross-examination, Jose Baez questioning, and those two mm-hmm. got into it multiple times during trial. <laughs> um, but he testified, uh, on cross-examination, George tells Jose Baez, again, I did not sexually mm-hmm. abuse um, Casey Anthony. By the way... There was a suicide note what? that was found or produced. I don't remember if it was during this trial, but it came out that George Anthony had, he was going through some kind of a time. Um, he was having an affair with some lady. Yeah. And uh, this really? lady comes forward. I think this lady came forward and produced uh, what was a suicide letter that George had wrote, making possible references to discarding a body I know she what? was knowing about a death I know like the the side lady was a witness yeah um, but I don't remember um oh, I don't remember about that because the the letter the suicide letter but I do know that she testified against him pretty much wow. yeah well there's a lot of people and, and George Anthony mm-hmm. if he wasn't such a creep you know I mean if <laughs> if, if, if he was just like a normal guy yeah this would have been, you know, less room for reasonable mm-hmm. doubt. But the, he just came across as such a creepy guy. Mm-hmm. And um, <laughs> even in just looking at him on tape mm-hmm. in the, the jail visit footage and in some of the news footage, um, he just looks like a, he's just something off kilter about yeah. that guy, you know. Yeah. And I'm not basing that on anything other than my human experience. He looks like a creep. I'd rather not be <laughs> friends with him. I don't want to have a beer with the guy. The hell with him. And the things that he did, like the the whole going in front of the... Um, like the media, like defending his daughter, yeah. and then behind her back, he was going like to court for the. I can't remember right now, but the. Oh my god! Right before they filed charges, that he, private hearing, that press conference. Did. Well, they, no, they, not the press conference. That private hearing that. They oh, the, the private hearing. The um. I can't remember the name right now. I have my Spanish and my English all mixed up. You just made it slip out of my brain. <laughs> uh, the, the preliminary hearing, right? But it's not called no. that. And it's, um, no. Nah, it'll come to me. Yeah. But <clears throat> there was, um, yeah, G- George is just not, he's not somebody that I'd want to hang out with. And he came across that way during trial, especially on cross-exam. Um, on May 28th, the day after, a uh, former boyfriend, another former boyfriend of, test, of Casey's, um, testifies about her normal behavior on June 16th, which was the date that Kaylee had, went missing. Mm-hmm. According to everybody, that's the agreed-upon timeline. Uh, Cindy, grandma, 
Casey's mom, testifies that they swam that day and that Kaylee could get up the ladder on and swim into the pool. She also believed that Casey worked at Universal Studios because that's what she was telling anybody. Yeah, and had a, a babysitter everyone. named Zanny, which would have been the Zanita. Z- yeah. Zanita, um, I forgot what the rest of her name, but Zanny. Yeah. So she's telling this story to everybody, um, carrying on with this lie that she works at Universal Studios. But that was important, the fact that she testifies that she could climb a ladder and get into the pool. And then yeah. most three-year-olds and yeah. most two-year-olds who climb a ladder. Um, and there was actually pictures of the pool. It was like maybe three or three and a half, four feet off the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, the ladder was not, I thought I had a picture of it here somewhere. And you can see that that, that ladder, I'm mm-hmm. assuming, would have been attached uh, to where those handlebars are. Mm-hmm. If you can see on the center of the photo. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's not very high. And yeah, a, ki- a kid can climb that. Mm-hmm. Um, and the height of a child is about right there. And so, yeah, a child, if it get if they jump into that pool and there's enough water in there, they're going to drown. Yeah, definite. If they yeah. don't know how to swim. And there's pictures of uh, Kaylee climbing on the ladder. So that was never in dispute. And the reason why is because as I brought up on my, uh, as I brought up on the show last week, um, her story, even on the documentary, Ileana, you remember that she says that she went to sleep mm-hmm. and Kaylee was asleep next to her and then she woke up and then she was dead, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and she didn't know how that happened, but her dad uh, presented her with the, the drowned body of her of her daughter and that's, you know, mm-hmm. which to me is plausible because I have a three-year-old mm-hmm. who me and my wife watched mm-hmm. open the front door that was locked. <laughs> she just undid the lock. Yeah. And then open the door, and if we didn't stop her, if we weren't right there, she would have been doing laps around the block, and who knows? Who knows, yeah. What could have happened, right? Yeah. Um, and so for that reason, we got baby gates and things like mm-hmm. that. But um, it's not unreasonable to suggest that a child found her way outside and decided to go swimming in the pool. And on last show, uh, there was a video that we had played mm-hmm. where there was this child um, that made a beeline for the pool mm-hmm. and um, was going to drown. I should play that video for you. Yeah, look, look at this video. Watch it again. It's worth seeing Tonight, again. a dramatic pool rescue caught on camera. The family of a four-year-old is thankful for their alert neighbors and their quick thinking. Here's ABC's Irene Shaw. Tonight, a family grateful after a heart-stopping near quick? drowning in this Kansas pool was averted. My friends were yelling at me to get, go get help, and I just went like, oh, no, and ran. Recent surveillance video showing four-year-old Xavier Rigney, who has autism and is also nonverbal, jumping into a pool in an apartment complex. 12-year-old Maddox Westerhouse saw Xavier drowning. Xavier was under the water for three minutes and 22 seconds. Maddox called his dad, Tom, who jumped a fence, pulling Xavier out of the pool and conducting CPR for nearly three minutes until Xavier started breathing again. So Definitely scary. He started to cough up water and everything. I knew that was a good sign. First responders said without Tom, it might have been too late. The risk of children with autism drowning is up to 10 times greater than other children. Yeah, that quickly. Yeah, that was so the, fast. A couple of seconds. Yeah. Ago. And the baby in that video was okay. I know it was a little scary seeing him come up lifeless like that, mm-hmm. but that's how quick life mm-hmm. could be over for yeah. a child if you're not careful. Mm-hmm. And who knows how that baby got out, but he got out somehow. Yeah. And yeah. that baby was only four, autistic and nonverbal. Mm-hmm. And uh, what was the first thing he did? Oh, water, pool, fun, yeah. jump, 
Boom. Now he's drowning. Within 30 seconds, within a minute and a half, that kid could have been mm-hmm. dead. And uh, thankfully somebody was out because that, yeah, that that happens all the time. Yeah. So common. Right. Yeah. So the plausibility of that story, mm-hmm. the defense focused really, really hard on how um, reasonable it would mm-hmm. that that would that could have been the outcome. And yeah. sure, uh, Casey should have reported it sooner and all these other things, mm-hmm. but she was molested and there was all this other stuff. And um, f- please forgive her for not being truthful because she's a trauma victim herself and mm-hmm. all this stuff, right? But the only reason why that's important doesn't matter if you believe it or not. What matters is that it's reasonable. It is. And that's the law. Mm. Reasonable doubt. If it's there's another reasonable explanation, then not guilty, mm. right? So a lot of people, it's hard for them to get that. Mm-hmm. It's hard for them to know all of these things and emotionally make the connection. Well, that, sure, it could have been that way. Civil cases are easier. Um, like, for example, if this was a civil case, it's like, oh, well, maybe she didn't do it. But she probably did. That's all you got to yeah. say. <laughs> Guilty, right? Yep. Criminal, you don't get to no. say if it's, well, she probably bit, did it, but maybe not. Well, then not guilty. Damn. That's, that's, the, that's the burden that the yeah. prosecution has. And that is, a, it's not a perfect justice system, mm-hmm. but it's not a bad one. Mm-hmm. It's a lot better than the, the Salem witch trials. Definitely. Or like the Monty Python. Well, if she's not a witch, then she's not going to float. But so she drowns. <laughs> well, she wasn't a witch, but now she's dead. That's the alternative. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. So, okay. Uh, moving on. Where were we at with this? Yeah, so May 31st. Mm-hmm. So this is a Monday. They're after, they're, they're week two of trial. <clears throat> Cindy Anthony is still on the stand. She says that her description of Casey's car smelling like someone just died was just a figure of speech. I didn't mean it smells like human decomposition. Just like, but it smells shitty in here. You know, it smells like someone like, just died. How do you know how a dead body smells? I've heard that people who know what a dead body yes, smells exactly. like they never forget the smell. You know, yeah, I and I haven't, I haven't, I've never smelled a decomposing body for many, many days. Mm-hmm. But I've smelt what I thought were the beginnings of mm-hmm. decomposition. And yeah, you, that's an unmistakable sense. Yeah. I guess. I mean, the animals, I can tell, like, I, I can tell if an animal, like, died, but I guess we can. I had my um, great grandmother passed away in her house. And so mm. everybody was going there. Ooh. And I helped uh, carry out the body on, um, I don't even remember how we did it, but we put her in the bag and, like, mm-hmm. you know, in the course of doing that, I caught a whiff of no. something just uh, what must have been human decomposition. Mm, yeah. I'd never smelt anything like that. So it's very like that. <laughs> and uh, again, I don't know what the difference between that and say a couple weeks later would have been. But who was the person that was saying that uh, it smelled like uh, the tow truck break? driver? The tow truck driver. Oh, okay. <coughs> Didn't they get the dogs? The dogs sniff? got out and yeah. alerted, but it was okay. complicated. It wasn't so simple as, oh, there was an alert, so go mm-hmm. check it out. Um, yeah, it was like, oh, an alerted, mm-hmm. but you could false alert many mm-hmm. different ways, yeah. right? And so they, they did a good job of saying, yeah, just because a dog alerts is not mm-hmm. proof positive that exactly. there was a decomposing body in there. But the mom said it. But the mom comes back and says, I didn't mean I smelled a decomposing body. I said it smelled like shit in there. Mm -hmm. I smell, it's a figure of speech. Um, (laughs) was pretty much what they established. And that's, Mm -hmm. you know, week two of trial. So strange. (laughs) 
<coughs> Excuse me. Um, grandma, continuing to testify, says that she tried to get rid of the smell by spraying Febreze to eliminate the odor in the car, okay. which is to suggest the car was fully operational and mm-hmm. in use around the time that Kaylee was missing to the time th- in the 31 days, mm-hmm. right? Okay. Post um, elimination of the body. Uh, she says she found the pool ladder in the pool on the evening of June 16th, the day that Kaylee would have went missing. Okay. Uh, Casey's friend, Amy Haizenga, talks of Casey's frustration about getting help with Kaylee and reveals that on June 27th, which would have been 11 days after disappearance, Mm -hmm. Casey texted her about a dead animal on the frame of the car, which is curious. That's weird. Could I ask you a question? I'm going to ask you both a question. Mm -hmm. All right. If you found a dead squirrel on your car. Inside? Inside? On your car. On my car. Or near your car. Yeah. Are you going to text anybody about it? No. I mean, you might tell your husband, right? Yeah. My husband, like, hey. Hey, funny story. Mm -hmm. There was a dead squirrel in my car. Yeah, but that's about Are you going to text your mom? I probably would. There's very few reasons why I text my mom personally. <laughs> well, um, I, I which, do have yeah. a very close relationship, so I will probably text my mom and my brother and, and dad and husband. Like those are the people that I'm always like texting about, even like the simple, simple like funny stuff. But other than that, I wouldn't text like a best friend or I don't know people that I see every now and then. No, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't want anyone to know that there is this. Yeah. No. I mean, I guess it's plausible. I don't know. But you see what the prosecution is trying to do, right? Yeah. yeah. Establish that there was obviously some kind of odor of decomposition mm-hmm. or some kind of significant odor coming from the car of Casey Anthony. And then she had borrowed a shovel a couple of weeks prior. And now she's uh, creating an alibi by stating that she um, there was a dead animal near her car or mm-hmm. on her car. She says on the frame of her car um, that she texted her mom about. Mm-hmm. I guess to try to connect the dots. Um, so, I mean, there's no mystery in what, the, what they're trying to do there. Mm-hmm. Um, on June 1st, uh, the first officers to arrive at the Anthony home on July 16th, and this is the 31 days when they mm-hmm. discovered, right? Yeah. Um, testify that they didn't smell a human decomposition in Casey's car. They do admit mm-hmm. that they didn't search the other two family cars, but they... Uh, and, but, you know, they didn't smell anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, they also testified about Casey going to Universal Studios Resort with Casey that day where she confessed that she no longer worked there and then have a nanny named uh, Zenaida Fernandez Gonzalez. Yes. We watched that video, Eliana, last week about mm-hmm. um, uh, when she confessed to the cops. Oh, just kidding. I, I don't work here. That's... And uh, how comical was that, Jocelyn, when we watched it? <laughs> It's uh, unbelievable, honestly. I don't know how even, it even went that far. My point being that that was so far beyond what a reasonable person mm-hmm. would yes. do to suggest, mm-hmm. to suggest that that person was either mentally ill mm-hmm. or some kind of significant trauma. But even if you're a criminal and guilty, you're not taking somebody to a place where you work mm-hmm. and deciding to put on this charade as if you really yeah. work. Nobody's doing that. No. Nobody's doing that. So bizarre. It's just, I don't know. It's, it's bizarre. It's bizarre enough behavior to call into question the competency mm-hmm. of Casey Anthony, which by the way, they did. Uh, the defense had filed a motion at some point um, to challenge whether or not their client was competent mm-hmm. to stand trial. Of course, the motion was denied. Yeah. Trial commenced, but that was discussed in litigation mm-hmm. um, prior <clears throat> 
June 2nd, uh, videotapes are shown of Casey lying to her parents in jail. And those are the famous mm-hmm. ones that we're talking about. Yeah. Uh, that, that video of her talking to her parents and denying to an officer on July 16th that Kaylee had drowned in the pool, as he had suggested. She told, no, I don't know. Well, she was trying to tell the cops that she didn't know he was, if he, she had no idea that she was dead. She believed Mm -hmm. in her heart. I believe in my heart that my child is alive. And I believe because I'm psychic that there's there was another psychic in this case. We're going to get to that a little (laughs) bit later. I'm telling you, this case had it all. But, you know, um, when she's talking to the cops, Casey said that I believe in my heart that my child is alive and she's close by. I think she said it to her parents. And then she said it to uh, the cops. Um, But she was and then she had claimed in that documentary, remember, that Mm -hmm. she didn't realize until she's sitting in a jail cell Mm -hmm. um, and there was a TV and then the news ticker comes across that the remains of of Kaylee Anthony Mm -hmm. were found and then she breaks down in tears and there's Mm -hmm. surveillance footage. That was when she claims it was the first time she actually knew her child was dead. Mm -hmm. Um, Which, I don't know. I mean, it's plausible, right? Could it be the the trauma just Mm -hmm. blocks you out? I could call bullshit on that. I could say it's all bullshit, but it's plausible. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is. And that's all they really ask of you on a, on a criminal defense case. <sighs> so, um, where were we at? June 1st, June 2nd. June 3rd, um, investigators describe evidence collection, uh, evidence collected from Casey's car and obtaining and obtained from the towing yard, the plastic baggage, or gar- there was a garbage bag that was in her trunk that had been placed in it. One investigator states that he smelled human decomposition. Mm-hmm. So there was like a trash bag or like a bag of garbage mm-hmm. that was sitting in the trunk of her car. And there was like, that was their explanation for the smell. There was like old food in there. Everybody does that. And then all of a sudden you're smelling something disgusting and it's mm-hmm. because there's food rotting in your car. Mm-hmm. And so they're trying to establish that. On June 4th, an FBI forensic scientist testifies to the single hair removed from the car trunk that was similar to a hair from Kaylee's hairbrush that had root banding, those striations that I talk about, the root banding consistent with that from a decomposing body. A couple days later, on June 6th, uh, Dr. Arpad Vass of the Oak Ridge National Laboratory describes using a gas chromatograph mass spectrometer to find Sino to find signs of human decomposition and a high level of chloroform in the trunk of Casey's car. You know, I would not have gone with the chloroform thing if I'm the prosecution. Why even throw that in there? Because you're throwing all these other, if the standard is reasonable doubt, you want to say that she was suffocated, then say she was freaking suffocated with duct tape. You don't need a, you do not need chloroform to suffocate somebody with duct tape. They didn't have any evidence that they actually found chloroform in there they had this weird theory that maybe she was synthesizing it herself that's just so confusing you yeah, know to yeah. hear that randomly why even throw that in yeah. there keep it simple mm-hmm. keep it simple yeah. Occam's razor right but no they're throwing all these weird theories into there and giving the defense an, uh, an opportunity to, to rip to shreds mm-hmm. that theory that theory of the case mm-hmm. yeah and i don't know if you've ever sat in a jury trial I mean, obviously i have um but um even if you're just sitting in a court, any time that an attorney has the opportunity to rip to shreds some theory of the other side's case, mm-hmm. it looks really bad for the other side mm-hmm. and really good because there's this psychological thing that happens that um, 
well, their whole case is garbage. You know, yeah. they got in dead of rights yeah. on that issue. And if you throw out chloroform like that, that's the, the softball for the defense and they attack it. It doesn't matter how strong the rest of your evidence is because the jury's going to remember that. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that doubt and that theory that mm-hmm. was shredded is going to carry over to the other theories. Mm-hmm. And so chloroform, why even bring that in? You had no evidence <laughs> to suggest or support it. Why bring it in? We're talking about freaking uh, chromat- chromatographs, mass spectrometers, you know, <laughs> Ghostbusters device yeah. to find <laughs> evidence of chloroform. Get out of here with that. Mm-hmm. I don't want to hear all that if I'm on the jury. <clears throat> the defense challenges, um, obviously, they, they, they challenge uh, his um, being there. Mm-hmm. Um saying that he was financially motivated and questioning the chain of evidence that he had used to come to conclusions that mm-hmm. chloroform and all, whatever. They just, nobody scored any points with that. It was no. a huge waste of time. Waste of time yeah. um, so on uh, June 7th, an FBI, uh, you know what? We're going to take a break because I got to reset in Leona's camera. June 7th, mm-hmm. FBI forensic chemist confirms chloroform residue in the trunk of Casey's mm-hmm. car. Okay. But they also state that household cleaning products leave traces of chloroform. Again, why are we wasting yeah, so much is- time on this? Um, a dog handler describes a dog alerting to human decomposition in the trunk, as well as Kaylee's playhouse. And that was a that was one of the things that was a, a huge thing that the the there was a dog that alerted human decomposition. But then there was other explanations. Um, on June eighth, there's a second dog handler that says that his dog smelled decomposition in the backyard. Computer analysts confirm a search for chloroform on Casey's computer in March on March 17th and how to make chloroform on March 21st. Hmm. So curious, right? And I guess, I guess if you're the prosecution, what you're trying to do is that she's been thinking, she's been thinking about this for a while. March, you're talking about a few months mm-hmm. before yeah. the disappearance. And, um, <clears throat> maybe she couldn't, maybe it should have been presented like this. Not so much that she used chloroform, mm-hmm. but that she's been thinking about this for a while. Why would you need to search for chloroform? Why would you need to make chloroform? That's yeah. such an odd request. I don't think I've ever looked up how to synthesize anything chemically <laughs> in anything for any reason. Nowadays, I, like nowadays those, I'll call somebody. Those Google searches... I don't know. I think they will get me in trouble because I watch so many like <laughs> murder documentaries and I want to know a little bit more and I do search like random things like that. <laughs> so, but, it's like Breaking Bad, the whole show. Like how many people must have Googled how yeah, to make? <laughs> but I don't know. I mean, did she search anything else? <laughs> oh, she did. She There was there, there was the chloroform search. Mm-hmm. The big one was foolproof suffocation on the same day that Kaylee mm-hmm. Anthony went missing. Yeah. And there was a neck breaking techniques or something like that that was found on her PC. And it was all on. But the problem with that was it was all on a family computer mm-hmm. in the like, Anthony's house. Mm-hmm. No guarantee it was Casey. There was circumstantial evidence to suggest that it was Casey mm-hmm. because there was password protected accounts mm-hmm. owned by her that were, that were used before and after mm-hmm. yeah. um, when those searches were made. Yeah. Okay. So. I walked outside, you know, or I walked inside, and when I came back out, it was soaking wet. Everything. Mm-hmm. What's the uh, what's the um, deduction there? Probably freaking rain. Rain, right? yeah, yeah. And so um, that's what they're trying to do, I think. <clears throat> but the suggestion that they needed to talk about 
chloroform being in the trunk of the car. I don't know. There was no other evidence to suggest it. Um, I, w- I think I would have just taken the angle that this has been something that has been planned or mm-hmm. in the works for a few months mm-hmm. because Casey Anthony, being a 21-year-old single mother, um, was having trouble dealing or uh, coping with the fact that she's a single mother and mm-hmm. she can't be single with all of her friends and party because that's what they were trying to, yeah. mm-hmm, to go off of, right? And so... I think they just took it a step too far with that. I think that in trial especially, you need to dumb things down to the point where we're not putting people to sleep with stupid Mm -hmm. theories that are not going to work. Yes, exactly. You said she was suffocated. Let's stick with that, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, You don't have a body to... to, We're not going to come... We're not going to come to a conclusion about how she died. Mm -hmm. And for a lot of juries, that is a major source of reasonable doubt in Mm -hmm. the case. If we don't know how she died... Mm-hmm. then I can't say that whether or not she's guilty. Mm. So if we don't have that anyway, then stop focusing so much. It could have been chloroform. It could have been suffocation. It could have been drowning. You're just throwing more question into the manner of death. Mm-hmm. Let's not focus on that. Let's just focus on not so much method of death. Let's focus on the fact that there was a plan to murder mm-hmm. that started at least three months prior to the disappearance and was carried out on June 16th. And then there was this cover up. Mm-hmm. Let's keep it simple. Yeah. It was dry when you walked, when you were walking into the building, and when you were walking out of the building, it was soaking wet. What's the deduction? Rain. (laughs) Mm -hmm. In this case, you have the the, the foundational planning of a murder that we can see back in March. On June 16th, baby goes missing, and December remains are found. What's the deduction? Baby was murdered. Yes, somebody murdered her. It doesn't have to be, we don't have to talk about manner of death. You can't Mm -hmm. prove it anyway. Why waste time with that? That was to me, I mean, we'll talk more about it, but to me that was the the prosecution's big mistake. Mm -hmm. That and the fact that they focused so much on her behavior. Oh, yeah. Um, and I talked to, uh, I talked a little bit about the guy that was making the closing arguments for the prosecution and how he was like this, uh, 65 year old guy that looks like he'd never been in a nightclub in his life and he's talking about <laughs> this 20 year old la- uh, lady um, yeah. partying and doing all this stuff and he's been pushing pestles for the last mm-hmm. 40 years nobody wants to hear that argument from him mm-hmm. you know get me somebody that looks like they've experienced some life mm-hmm. not this walking uh, funeral curator oh or whatever God. he looked like I mean he looked like he was wearing a, a suit that was four sizes too big Okay. Um, and when he was an older gentleman, he just looks like he's been a, a lawyer all of his life. He hasn't lived anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I could be completely wrong, but appearances matter, you know? Mm-hmm. And he's making this argument. He's not coming off very well. Um, I'm, I'm getting I'm, I'm getting excited because I feel like the prosecution made so many obvious errors yeah. when they're trying to prosecute this case. Um, and I'm, I'm supposed to be the prosecutor on the show right now, right? <laughs> oh, not working. You're out. making all these mistakes. How could you? Mm-hmm. I need to go back. And I'm trying to uh, correct. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah. And so <clears throat> moving along, gosh, we've already been going for an hour six. <laughs> um, all right. I'll try to speed it up. Um, on June 9th, there was a software analyst. Mm-hmm. All right. So this is key. This was key to the prosecution's case. Mm-hmm. Software analyst, John Bradley states that someone used the Anthony computer to search the website. Sizespot.com for chloroform. 84 times. 84 times. Oh my God. Yeah. On March 21st, 2008. Ileana, 
Let's talk about your crazy Google searches. Is it 84 times in a row? No. How many of your crazy Google searches did you conduct 84 times in the same day? No. Usually it's just once. Just and the once? You'll see like the one before, the one after. It has to do with that specific case. Like mm-hmm. you can kind of connect it. Like, yeah. To be fair, yeah. you're a lawyer and you know how to, you know how to Google I search. Guess. Pretty, uh, you know, efficiently. It's like a chain. More yeah, efficiently you, than most. You follow a thread, you know. Yes. But chloroform search 84 times on, on one day, March 21st. Well, how much information do you need about chloroform that you need to search? If you're trying to make it, I don't know. I'm probably (laughs) all of the information. (laughs) (laughs) Like what other information is going to come up on the 75th time? Like, I don't. Well, that's why you do the 76 just in case. (laughs) I mean, if you're trying to synthesize it yourself, I'd imagine you need all of the information. You know, you probably need to have a four year uh, chemist degree to Mm -hmm. even start. Yeah. Get all of that stuff. And so, <clears throat> you know, but this is the strength of the prosecution's case that they should have, it should have been the searches, not that they found the chloroform or waste any time on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but moving on, um, during cross-examination, the analyst, John Bradley, he admits that automatic page reloading could account for that number. Mm-hmm. That's true. And that there was no way of knowing who performed the searches, like we already pointed mm-hmm. out, right? Um, investigators show photographs of the remains including of duct tape that appears to be over the mouth area. Why is this important? Justin, what did I say last week on the show? If I'm trying to show that this baby was suffocated with duct tape, what do I want the evidence to be of the duct tape? I want it to have been wrapped around Around her entire head a couple of times, right? Mm -hmm. Because that's the way that the media portrayed it. Yeah. You know how I know that? Nancy Grace. Oh, Who is Nancy Grace? Oh, you're so young. (laughs) (laughs) She gave an interview. She's this, she, I I really, I dislike her show. Mm -hmm. She is uh, this really annoying uh, TV talking head (laughs) that opines on all of these uh, criminal cases. I think she used to be a prosecutor. She did used to be a prosecutor. Oh, okay. But she was part of the media, a huge part. She had her own show back in 2008. Okay. And she was talking about this stuff. She just did this interview not too long ago after the airing of the Casey Anthony documentary on Peacock. And the reason why I want to point this out is because there was such a different showing of the evidence through media that Mm -hmm. painted everybody's opinions about this case versus what was shown in trial. So Nancy Grace, who was there, um, let me just find the portion. This is Nancy Grace speaking on an interview to the Hollywood Reporter. She says, again, baseless baseless claims that he did it. They're asking her a question that she's blaming her father. Um, and her answer is, baseless claims that he did it, that he got rid of the body. I guess she's blaming him about the duct tape around Kaylee's head. Um, she's also claiming that he molested her when she was younger. There's no support for that. But I would like to point out that if he did molest her, um, I don't, well, this isn't the portion where I'm, I'm looking for it, is it? Uh, yeah. So what I'm saying is she's getting something out of this. Maybe it's her attempt to rehabilitate her persona to the public, but in my mind, this is not the time to talk. The time to talk was when she was on trial for Kaylee's murder, and there's no ca- there's no doubt Kaylee was murdered. She did not die in a swimming pool because she had duct tape wrapped three times around her head, huh. including over her nose and mouth. That is not consistent with the swimming pool of with the swimming pool death. That's also not the freaking evidence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That wasn't the evidence. This was the evidence. Investigators show photographs of the remains, including of duct tape that appears 
appears to be over the mouth area. One admits that duct tape might not originally have been on the mouth <laughs> and could have been shifted. It could have shifted positions during the decomposition process as he collected or as the remains were collected. Um, Casey Anthony has some kind of a emotional reaction looking at the photographs and the jury is dismissed for the day. But um, the evidence was not that it was wrapped around mm -hmm. two, three, but here's Nancy Grace, one of the main media figureheads of the time. Mm -hmm. Stating that it was. Talking about on the case yeah. when we have all the information and we know what was presented at trial, lying to the public about what was presented to, to the jury. This is why I hate Nancy. I don't hate her. I just <laughs> dislike her. Sensational, definitely. Yeah, she's a sensationalist for sure. Yeah. It's just the evidence was not that what she mm -hmm. said. I mean, you want to picture it that way if that's what you're trying to prove. Mm -hmm. But the truth is there was a patch of duct tape that may or may not have been on the mouth, not even on the nose area, on the mouth area that could have shifted during the collection, that could have uh, shifted during de decomposition, that could have been used to hide or, or to hold a bag together. Mm -hmm. um, but to suggest that there was full proof that it was wrapped around a baby's head that was obvious uh, to conclude that the baby was suffocated, we don't get there off of that, yeah. not off of what was presented. And this, what a lot of people don't understand, I'm just going off of what the jury had to go yeah. off of, not what Nancy Grace said. Yeah. Because Nancy Grace is full of shit even <laughs> 14 years later. You know, God bless her and everything, and, you know, nothing against her, but she's a liar. I'm just saying. Or she's, maybe she's not even lying. Maybe she, that's how she remembers it. Yeah. Because that's how I remember it. You know how, why I probably remembered it that way? Because she probably said that way back then. Probably, yeah. But it's what we have. Um, okay. So on June 10th, medical examiner states that the death is ruled a homicide because of the delay in reporting the disappearance, not because of any medical thing that mm, they found. Right. So only because of the delayed reporting. Yeah. They're just, it's circumstantial. Yeah. The delay in reporting, the fact that the body was hidden, and the existence of duct tape, but states under cross-examination that she didn't know how the child died, which is the whole point of what they were, trying, of what they were supposed to do, right? <laughs> Figure um, out how she died, yeah. Crime scene investigators describe similar maggots found in the car trunk and at the crime scene. Um, well, I mean, how often have you guys ever seen maggots anywhere? Near trash? Trash Or anything? Time. yeah. Um, I don't know. I can't recall the last time I saw maggots. Trash, dead animals. Dead animals, yeah. That's about it. Mm-hmm. And trash. You, yep. Yeah, but it, that, that wasn't a huge part of this case, but they brought that up on that day. Um, but I mean, if there was trash in the trunk. Yeah, I mean, it makes it sense. It just makes yeah. sense. Maggots are not proof of human decomposition. No, no. They're... It could be a rotting hamster for all we know. Yeah. Um, I don't know, rotting seafood. Raw steak, sushi. Literally anything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Literally anything. Um, on June 11th, an expert in forensic entomology states that he found flies related to decomposition in the trunk of Casey's car. Orange County, Florida crime scene investigators identify a piece of Henkel brand duct tape found at the crime scene, obviously in the Anthony house. It's the same brand that George Anthony put on a red gas can. And we talked about the red gas mm -hmm. cans, how... Kaylee had stolen from her dad's shed those gas cans. Yeah. And there was duct tape on those. But George comes in and testifies, well, I probably put those on there because mm -hmm. there was holes in it. I mean, it was the same kind that was found, I think, on the, well, not I think, it was found on the, on the, body. on the body. June 13th, an FBI, and phew, starting to get that time where I can't talk. <laughs> yeah. Um, June 13th, um, an FBI examiner 
states a hair from the child's skull is consistent with, but not identical to the single hair found in the trunk. FBI agent couldn't find any fingerprints on the duct tape found near the remains, but initially did find adhesive in the shape of a heart on a corner of a piece of duct tape. Uh, later, she found that she couldn't, she said she couldn't find it again. On a, I the, heard that, yeah. Yeah, so the next day, I mean, I don't think, here's what I don't have any doubts about. George Anthony, well, the Anthony's, Mm-hmm. Some or all of them were involved in the cover-up mm-hmm. of a death of yes. a baby. Mm-hmm. Casey admits to that. That's the defense story. Um, whether it be Casey murdered the baby and got rid of it or, you know, it was her dad, I don't know. But that part, I don't think is, is you know, we don't need to establish that any mm-hmm. further. Uh, nobody's really denying that the duct tape was the same or... Uh, that they're, they were involved somehow in the cover-up. They've admitted it. That's mm-hmm. their theory of the defense, right? Um, on June 15th, uh, the, the prosecution rests its case. So they have, that's their entire case. What I just saw, what I just said, what we just weren't ran through, that's the <laughs> entire case. There was pictures. Um, there was a piece of duct tape found on a skull. Uh, there was a medical examiner said that I don't know how she died. I ruled it a homicide based on the circumstances. Uh, there was some discussion about chloroform. There was a search about, uh, notice how we didn't even talk about the foolproof suffocation mm-hmm. or the no. uh, other searches. Yeah. Why that wasn't presented, I don't know. Um, it's discussed all over the media, but they never brought it up at trial. Mm-hmm. Um, I keep on referring back to this uh, search where there was a method of neck breaking or something like that, because I read that somewhere in the media, but it wasn't, it was not presented in trial either because it it didn't happen. The media made it up or, uh, who knows, man, but the evidence that was presented to the jury, that's it. Mm -hmm. It's not much. It's very messy. (coughs) That's it. Very confusing. Based off of that case. Um, it's hard to get a conviction when that's all you have, Yeah, you know? Um, so June 16th, um, after the prosecution rests, the defense makes a motion to acquit based on insufficient evidence, which, of course, uh, the judge denies based on previous case rulings. They're gonna, mm-hmm. He's going to put it in the hands of the jury. And that's nothing significant. significant. Every defense attorney does that no matter what because you could, it's, it's almost malpractice to not. Um, every jury trial I've ever done, I've done the same exact motion, mm-hmm. knowing that it was going to get denied. Mm-hmm. Just get this out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> Your Honor, there's no way that the jury could uh, uh, find my client guilty based on what was shown because of insufficient evidence. And the judge always says the same thing. Well, based on all of the stuff and what I've heard, I'm going to leave it in the hands of the jury. So that's not really anything. So on June 16th, be, on the 16th, they begin their case, the defense. Uh, they call a crime scene investigator saying that there was no blood found in Casey's car or incriminating stains on her clothes. Uh, there was an FBI analyst to state that there, there was no DNA evidence found in the car or at the crime scene or on the duct tape. Uh, she states the FBI did a paternity test and showed Lee Anthony was not Kaylee's father. Mm. Why that was relevant, I'm not sure. Uh, crime scene investigator and forensic supervisor state that a heart-shaped sticker, again with that, was found far away from the body. Uh, so they're going through uh, more forensics. The next day, uh, another entomologist was called by the defense and stated that if there was a body in the trunk, there should have been hundreds or even thousands of blowflies trapped in the trunk as well. Meaning if the body started decomposing, Mm -hmm. 
the reason that that happens is because there's, there's these chemical processes uh, that start taking place because of, uh, you know, whatever. I'm not going to try to give it scientific. <laughs> but the guy said there should have been blowflies, and so there was no blowflies. So decomposition theory out, right? Mm -hmm. um, on June 18th, there's a new witness call, uh, uh, Dr. Werner Spitz, questioning the medical examiner's autopsy, including the failure to open the skull and said there was no indication of death or that the death was a homicide. He believed the duct tape was placed on the skull after decomposition and that the crime scene photos of the position of the hair on the skull were staged, possibly by the medical examiner, which, what? I, I don't know, most jurors, when they hear that, from what, speaking of jurors after the case, they don't, you know, conspiracy theories are, are not a big thing. Yeah. But it's just more to try to throw doubt onto the case. On the 21st, there was a forensic botanist called, uh, challenging the theory of the prosecution of when the body was placed at the crime scene. Um, on the 22nd, an FBI forensic examiner says there was no dirt from the crime scene. Um, on the shoes of the Anthony's home or a neighbor's borrowed shovel, um, you know, they're, they're just attacking as much as they can all of the scientific evidence, which even if they didn't do any of these things, it's, mm -hmm. it's still <laughs> it was still weak evidence yeah. at best. Um, on the 23rd, an FBI hair and fiber expert says only one hair from the car trunk had a sign of decomposition. There was a long debate among prosecutors and defense over the reliability of root banding. And uh, we had talked about that a little bit earlier. An expert in forensic toxicology testifies uh, the doctor's test lacked organization and planning and had minimal standards of quality control. He also mentions that chloroform is a byproduct of chlorinated swimming pool water, which uh, I don't know. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah it does. I don't know what chloroform is or if it's in uh, chlorine. Mm -hmm. Maybe it is. Probably. Maybe. But I'm a layperson, just mm -hmm. as a jury is. Yeah. Sure. That makes sense. I'll believe it. How about let's get off <laughs> yeah. of the chloroform now. I'm not interested yeah. in it anymore. Uh, June 24th, grandma is called again to the stand where the defense shows her a, photo a photograph of Kaylee on the pool ladder. And she again mentions the ladder was in the pool on June 16th when she returned home from work that evening, adding that she called George to talk to ask about well, she asked him about the ladder uh, from the pool on the previous day after swimming with Kaylee, and the defense also showed the jury a picture of Kaylee appearing to open a sliding glass door at her home, um, opening the, the the door to the theory that she escaped the home. Right? Yeah. Uh, how much? Uh, we got a we got quite a bit of ways to go. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um. Okay. I'm I'm going to just try to get through uh, to some of the highlights. Um. Cindy Anthony, that's about June. Uh, well, all right. There's, there's a few more things. Mm -hmm. On June 27th, um, well, on June 25th, Judge Perry, Belvin Perry Jr. halts the proceedings after a defense, a defense motion to determine if Anthony was competent to proceed with trial based on a privileged communication with Casey Anthony. Probably uh, some kind of uh, interview that she had conducted with her attorney mm -hmm. stating probably stuff that I'm not competent. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Could have been a lot of things. I'm suicidal. Yeah. I, can't con I can't continue. So they make a motion um, to uh, determine the competency of Casey Anthony. 
On the 27th, a couple days later, Casey Anthony is found competent to continue after psychological evaluations. And on June 27th also is the date the prosecution states, if discussed, uh, that it discussed with the defense attorney, Jose Baez, software analyst John Bradley's post-testimony admission to prosecutors that there was only one search for chloroform, not 84 in testimony, uh, the lead detective admits cadaver dogs had not searched inside the Anthony's home or into other Anthony cars. Uh, a professor of chemistry called by the defense said there is no scientifically valid instrument that can identify decomposition, mm. that there is no consensus on what chemicals are typical of human decomposition, and that chemical compounds identified by Dr. Vass in air samples can be found in household products and garbage Three witnesses come in to discuss November 2008 videotape search by the Anthony family private investigators in the woods where Kaylee's body is found. Um, is this where the psychic, I think this is where the psychic comes in. <laughs> oh, God. I didn't see that in the documentary. Yeah, I never heard about the psychic. No, I don't think it was in the documentary, but it was in, um, it, it, it wasn't a, a widely, because it was kind of a uh, just a stupid thing. There's yeah. like this throwaway that the, one of the search members team relied on tips from a psychic mm. and that's how they determined the location of the body. I don't know. It was a, a lot of gibberish, a lot of legal gibberish. Um, a Texas ECU search team letter discusses their November search for Kaylee of the site where the body later was found. George Anthony denies he had an affair with Crystal Holloway, who was a member of the search team. Mm. That he borrowed money from her or told her Kaylee's death was an accident that snowballed out of control. Mm. He admits going to the home of that lady he was accused of having an affair with mm -hmm. and sending her a text message. He testifies that he bought a gun to threaten Casey's friends into telling him where Kaylee was, even though he knew having one violated Casey's bail. Cindy Anthony denies she sent private investigators to search the site where Kaylee's body was later found. Her son, Lee Anthony, and the case's lead detective then testify that she did so after talking to a psychic. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Let me read that again. Oh, God. Cindy Anthony denies she sent private investigators to search the site where mm -hmm. Kaylee's body later was found. Her son, Lee Anthony, and the case's lead detective then testify that she did after talking to a psychic. That family's just bizarre. Uh, yeah. Just the weird. I don't even know what to do with that. I'm just going to disregard just it. Weird if I'm the jury, I just don't even know what you want me to do. Like, what with do I that. do with that information? Yeah. Uh, Roy, Roy Cronk. Uh, we talked about him before. He gets on to talk about uh, finding the body. He denies that he told his son finding the body would make him rich and famous. There was some talk about maybe he was doing it for the reward money. Mm -hmm. Um, but admits he did receive $5,000 or I guess there was some, um, <laughs> after the remains were identified, um, judge Perry does not allow the jury to hurt, to hear Casey's ex fiance say that Casey told him Lee had once tried to grope her while she was sleeping. All right. Okay. Just weird behavior. Yeah. Weird behavior. Um, Cindy Anthony says on June 29th. Casey's response to the media theory that Kaylee drowned was, surprise, surprise. Baez asked George Anthony about his suicide attempt. 
in January of 2009. This would have been after the incident, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the next day, the judge allows the jury to see the suicide note. I did not, I, I had, I didn't find a copy of that suicide note. So I don't, I don't have the actual, I would have loved to have seen it though. Yeah. Um, I don't know what was in it, but See what it from what I heard, like. there was mm -hmm. some references to possibly being uh, regretful about what sounded like the disposing of a body. Okay. I don't know. I didn't see it. Um, Roy Cronk's son states that Cronk did say that finding Kaylee Anthony's uh, remains would make him rich and famous. Cronk testifies about why he changed his story about lifting the skull. An expert on grief and trauma testifies that pretending nothing had happened and parting was one of many different ways people, especially young people, express grief. And we talked about that a lot yeah. on, uh, earlier and on the episode 20. Um, on June 30th, Casey tells the judge that she doesn't want to testify. Um, the judge is not going to allow the jury to sniff air samples from the car trunk, which why? What, what's that gonna, of, course, of course not, because if you're the judge, you're asking a jury to, to, to a bring their outside knowledge, knowledge of what they may or may not perceive mm -hmm. to be the smell of uh, decomposing Demon, yeah. flesh. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't know. That's, that's ridiculous. <laughs> that's just ridiculous. Um, the defense calls search volunteer Crystal Holloway, who states that she had an affair with George Anthony, which, you know, what's... The point of that, and, and the point is simply this, George Anthony's a liar. Mm -hmm. I didn't have an affair with that lady, and then here comes the lady. Yeah, you did. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so now he's a liar. And nothing that he states, including the denial of the sexual assault against his daughter, mm -hmm. including uh, him not having anything to do with the cover-up of uh, Kaylee Anthony's death, is bullshit, right? That's the only reason you bring that in, if you're the defense. <laughs> um, she states that... Uh, George Anthony told her that Kaylee's death was an accident that snowballed out of control. Interesting, because that's hearsay. Yeah. You know, that's a hearsay <laughs> statement that was allowed. Um, under cross-examination, she also agreed with her earlier statement of police in which she said George Anthony did not say he knew it was an accident. Um, after Holloway steps down, Judge Perry tells the jurors that her testimony could be used to impeach George Anthony's credibility. That's how the hearsay statement gets in. But that is not proof of how Kaylee died. So uh, George, Cindy, and Lee Anthony all testify mm -hmm. that their pets had been buried in oh, yeah. the backyard. Um, Cindy calls it a tradition to wrap them in blankets and a plastic bag. Duct tape was used to keep the plastic bags from opening, which is important. Why? Because that's exactly how Kaylee's body Kaylee, was disposed yeah. of. Family tradition. That is so strange. Have you ever buried a pet? I have. I have, yes. Did you use duct tape and like plastic bags to do it? No. Nope. Or did I, you just dig a hole and just dig a hole? There you go. <laughs> you know, become one with nature again. Yep. I did and it then in plant a, a, flow, a flower or yeah, something. Yeah, shoebox when they were like super yeah. little, but like dogs and cats and stuff like that. Yeah, I just make a hole and yeah. like you said it comes in it's natural with nature. Yeah, it just decomposes. Yeah. You know, I was, I was supposed to play prosecutor in this case. <laughs> it's just too hard. <laughs> Too, too, too ridiculous. There's no world where I could see, based off of this evidence, based on this uh, this trial, where Casey should have been convicted. Mm -hmm. They just put on such a shitty, yeah. weak case compared to all of the holes that were poked mm -hmm. into it. I mean, now I have um, the family, you know, 
grandma, dad, and brother saying that it's family tradition to wrap up our uh, dead pets in garbage bags and duct tape it shut. So why mm-hmm. would it have been different with Kaylee? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is fantastical to say. She's not just a pet. She, you throw yes. away, but mm-hmm. if dad was doing it, I guess that's how he would have done it. And he's, we already know that he's a creep because mm-hmm. we know that he's a liar for one. Yeah, and then here's a lady that he was having an affair with coming to testify that he's a liar. And at this point, he's uh, the most dislike. He's, he's almost... Well, I don't know if almost to me, he's the most unlikable person out of everybody mm-hmm. that testified at yes, this trial. Definitely. By far. He's very shady. Even more than Casey. Well, because he was alleged to have sexually assaulted her. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know? <sighs> okay. Um I forgot where we were. Oh, they're the bag. The bag, yeah, the way that they buried Classic their bags. Okay. Pits. So after this final witness, the defense rests. The prosecutor rebuttal begins. Okay, so now this is their opportunity to rebut mm-hmm. some of the holes that the defense put into it. Um, showing the jury photographs of Kaylee's clothes and George's suicide note. Uh, the prosecution continues rebuttal with two representatives of Cindy Anthony's former employer explaining why their computers, their computer login shows Cindy was at work the afternoon. She said she went home and early and searched for computer. I can't talk. Searched her computer for information about chloroform. Um, a police computer analyst says something had said someone had purposely searched online for neck breaking. I guess it did make it in, huh? Um, I don't have much more information other than that, but there was a search for neck breaking. Uh, that could have been, I could imagine that being one of Ileana's crazy searches. How do you break somebody's neck? You know? Yeah, because if, if I watch a documentary and they just don't explain something like that, like they just go over it, yeah. they're yeah. probably going to search like something like that. Yeah. But there would be yeah. a thread. There would be a thread. They'd yeah. be the... But it'd be for like an academic purpose. Yeah. Like, okay, why does neck breaking almost instantly result in death? Yeah. You know, something like that, you know? But it'd yeah. be, I wouldn't exactly. just search neck breaking. I know how a neck breaks. Mm-hmm. I want specifics. But anyway... That's the evidence. That's where it came in. It came on prosecution rebuttal. Um, Another analyst testifies she did not find evidence that Cindy Anthony had searched certain terms. She claimed to have searched. An anthropology professor is recalled to rebut a defense witness on the need to open a skull during an autopsy, which I don't know why you would need to or not need to open up a skull if there's no flesh in there. Like, isn't it just just empty? I've seen pictures of the actual skull. Mm-hmm. You could just look in it. Yeah. There's nothing to open. Like, what are you opening? So I'm not really, I, I don't, I honestly don't understand that question or the need to even go down that avenue. Um, the lead detective states that there were no phone calls between Cindy and George during the week of June 16th, but admits he didn't know that George had a second cell phone. Mm. On July 3rd, Judge Perry rules that during closing arguments, the defense could argue that there was a drowning involved in the death of Kaylee because there was sufficient evidence of that, but could not argue that George had sexually abused Casey. So that mm-hmm. wasn't allowed to be argued upon. He didn't need to, honestly. No, yeah. um, prosecution does an hour and a half of closing arguments, offering a timeline of events and asserting that Casey had intentionally suffocated Kaylee to death by putting three pieces of duct tape um, over her face. The alleged motive was that the child interfered with her partying lifestyle. And this is the, that old guy making that argument, right? Um, and spending time with a boyfriend. 
prosecution states the defense story. The reason why that doesn't make any sense to me is that he had, she had grandparents Mm -hmm. and there was a lot of back and forth, not even on that documentary. There's articles that I read that one of the main points of contention between Casey and her parents was that she was constantly having them babysit. Mm -hmm. So it's not like she didn't have an opportunity to do that. She just, you know, a lot of kids do that. have Mm -hmm. their parents raise their children while they continue to be. Yeah. Yeah. And well, that she made up, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know. I don't know. But it's just such a stupid motive, uh, or to, to, to focus on that the way that 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 the way that that guy did just didn't make any sense. Um, okay, so so they offered all that. Alleged motive was she wanted to be single and young. Prosecution states the defense story that Kaylee drowned and George encouraged Casey to cover up the accident made no sense. Which, I don't know, makes more sense than their theory of the case or just as much sense of their, as yeah. their theory of the case. Um, the spending time with her boyfriend. Um, well, the prosecution states that defense story. Uh, strike that. The defense counters on their closing arguments with four hours of arguments. You know why? Because the prosecution gave them all of this material <laughs> to poke <laughs> holes through. Mm-hmm. So, and I've done this many times as a defense um, prosecution gets up there and gives a 30, 15 to 30 minute closing mm-hmm. argument. And I get up there and I'm so, I'm so prepared. Mm-hmm. Two hours of this and that and <laughs> prancing around and, you know, doing my whole, uh, show my whole, uh, yeah, spectacle, my yeah. show and poking holes as many times as I can. And, uh, prosecution is clearly not ready for it and they try to rebut, but there's so much to get to. They don't care. It's just, Oh, mm-hmm. I don't know. But if you give the defense attorney enough material, that's usually how that's going to go. Wow. Um, it's a strategy because, mm-hmm. you know, it, it matters. <clears throat> uh, where did I leave off? Um, it's four hours. Of- yeah, four arguments of fantasy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Four hours of arguments. And they, so they're insisting that there was no proof of how Kaylee died, which there wasn't. Uh, they were challenging the prosecutor's most important evidence as fantasy and emphasizing the reasonable doubt that Casey killed Kaylee. It again insists that under the child drowned, well, that after the child drowned, Casey panicked and George Anthony made the death look like a murder. That he was the one who put the body in the nearby woods, the same way that they had buried their pets in the backyard with the garbage bag and duct tape, you know? Um, On July 4th, uh, prosecutors Jeff Ashton and Linda Drain Burdick present a rebuttal to the defense closing, telling jurors that forensic evidence had proved their case. (laughs) What do you think about that, Ileana? Did the forensic evidence prove their case based on what we just went through? No, no, no. There's nothing worse than claiming something that's not there. happened. (laughs) (laughs) They look like a fool. (laughs) I'm going to do my best to summarize what their closing argument should be. Should have been. I'm going to try to do what I promised I was going to do. Okay. I, I'm realizing how much of an uphill battle it is. Uh, I'm going to try. Um, all right. So they, they told jurors they proved their case with forensic evidence. Uh, that Obviously, the defense said, no, you didn't. Uh, the case then goes to the jury, and um, judge gives his final instructions. After about 10 hours of deliberations, which is about, a day and a half, mm-hmm. court days. Um, the jury acquits Casey Anthony of all mm-hmm. felony charges, first-degree murder, aggravated manslaughter, 
and aggravated child abuse, but convicts her of all four misdemeanor charges and giving false information to law enforcement. Of course. Uh, the judge sentences her to one year in county jail um, and $1,000 in fines for each of the four misdemeanors. Um, what we just discussed. Orders all sentences to run consecutive to each other, so four years of prison, with credit for time served. And based on the three years of time that she had been in custody at that time, she was out 11 days later. Wow. So that's the case. That's that's what it was. Jesus. All right. So I'm going to make the prosecution's closing arguments. Okay. Eliana, you're going to be the defense. Oh, I have to. <laughs> yeah, you have to rebut me. No, bullshit. You're the other attorney no. in here. <laughs> okay. Back in March 2008, mm-hmm. there were... The foundational search of how to synthesize chloroform. Why does anybody search chloroform? Why? Because they have a specific manner of death in mind. Did the foolproof suffocation thing make it in or did it not? Mm. I don't, I didn't see it in anything we went over. Yeah. I'm just going to pretend like it did. Okay. (laughs) In March, you have the foundational internet searches for how to dispose of a body through suffocation. On the 16th of July or June, there is a Google search with the very specific foolproof suffocation. There's only one reason why anybody would search foolproof suffocation. You're searching for that term because you want to understand What is the most effective, best, most efficient way to successfully deprive the young lungs of little Kaylee Anthony of oxygen until she's dead so that she doesn't wake up to her mother suffocating the life out of her little body? There's no other explanation. There's no other reasonable reason why anybody would search for that specific term. This is a search that happened on the day that Kaylee went missing. And it was the product of what she had been searching for for three months leading up to that. Not to mention the fact that she was looking up how to break somebody's neck. Maybe I can make it look like an accident. She wanted this to look like an accident. That was going to be the way she got away with murder. Maybe she just drowned in a pool. Maybe she just broke her neck because she was doing somersaults off of the swimming pool. Or maybe she wanted to, in a foolproof way, suffocate her baby. In March, she begins planning. In June, after all of the stresses of her life, regardless of what you think may or may not have led up to these events, she carries out the act. And then goes along with the disposing of her body. What we have is a search, a very specific search for a method of death, a method of execution that would lead to the death of a child. But it's not just that. We don't just have the search. We have the search and we have a dead body. We have a failure to report 
for 31 days, either because she didn't know what to say, she wanted to go with this missing persons theory, maybe nobody will find the remains, maybe she froze up, who knows, but for 31 days she didn't report that her daughter was dead. She knew her daughter was dead. She knew that she was gone. And she didn't report it. And when she had the opportunity to speak with law enforcement, she didn't admit that, yeah, her baby was dead. She wanted to lead them on a goose chase to Universal Studios. She wanted to make up a babysitter. Maybe the babysitter did it. She wanted to give you every other explanation than the most simple. She murdered her baby. This is the simple case of the sun is shining, you walk into your house, and then 30 minutes later, you come outside, and everything is drenched with water, and the sky is cloudy, and there's only one reasonable explanation. Nobody took a hose and sprayed everybody's yard to make it drenched. That's impossible, right? It's not reasonable. The only reasonable explanation is that it rained. Here we have a Google search. We have internet search history lending itself to one specific form of death. Leading to suffocation. Now, what are the many ways that you could play off as if possibly this is what happened? She drowned. She broke her neck from the swimming pool. Logical, easy to plan. Any five-year-old could come up with that alternate theory. If we didn't have the searches, you know, maybe I would have believed it too. But if you're searching for that specific term, and all of the evidence, all of your behavior leads us to believe that this is what your plot was, this was what your plan, and you were misleading law enforcement to that degree, knowing full well that you suffocated your baby, there's only one logical conclusion. It rained. She suffocated her child. She deprived that baby of oxygen for long enough to end her life and then threw her, threw her away as if she was the pet hamster. And that is why it's not reasonable that there's any other explanation than Casey planned this and murdered her baby. And with that, prosecution rest. Fuck the chloroform <laughs> and the other stuff, the forensics, oh the behavior. Let's keep it really, really simple. This is what we have. This is what happened. All right. Eliana, closing arguments I'm not for the make defense. I'm going to closing argument, but I'm going to just. Well, that's no fun. I know. <laughs> You're such a I'm part. too tired. But um, <laughs> I can point, like, the, I guess, the defects of what I will focus on in a mm -hmm. closing argument. Yeah. Um, for example, like the um, job, of course, of the prosecutor, which is to prove that uh, Casey was the one that murdered uh, her baby. But we do have a dead body, of course. But what I think the um, the uh, prosecutors fail is to show that Casey was the one that actually um, caused that death. Of course, there are searches, but who made those searches? There's a reasonable. It is reasonable for anybody in the family, of course, to make those searches. Um, there's a dead body. The cause of death was never established. Mm -hmm. But could have been chloroform. It could have been like what the uh, suffocation. Um, it could have been 
the breaking of the neck, nobody established that. Um, it could have been negligence, accident. Um, what else? All right, so I get through a butt. Okay, yeah. could it have been a bear? No. Could it have been a lion? No. Could it have been um, a kidnapping and then the body was disposed of by somebody else? Yeah. No. <laughs> no. You want to know why? You want to know why? Because they admit mm-hmm. the defense's theory mm-hmm. was that this was a cover-up. Oh, yeah. Right? So, yeah. no, the Anthony family is the only family that would have been oh, involved. Yeah. Whether or not you believe that dad helps cover up or not, whatever. His testimony was mm-hmm. that he didn't. Mm-hmm. You know? And you want to believe that he's a liar, he's a creep, whatever. Case is the one that was searching for the uh, those terms that led Did to the death. It? Right? That it was her? Here's the proof. Mm-hmm. On the day of, mm-hmm. it was the same PC. Mm-hmm. The forensic evidence showed that it was being used by somebody that was accessing password-protected accounts that were owned by Casey mm-hmm. Anthony. That morning, then there was the search around 2.14 p.m., mm-hmm. and then there was activity after that. The same way, mm-hmm. accounts used by Casey Anthony, password mm-hmm. protected, mm-hmm. not her dad's accounts, not her mom's accounts, mm-hmm. not her brother's accounts, mm-hmm. Casey. So unless somebody jumped on that uh, that specific time mm-hmm. and Casey was using that PC the entire day, nobody other than Casey made that mm-hmm. search. Same thing with the, uh, I assume, with the um, other terms, chloroform searches. Chloroform, yeah. yeah, the same thing with the neck breaking, I think. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I didn't. We don't have all of it, but... Of course, I haven't watched, like, I remember this trial. I was in law school at that time. I don't remember the specifics, but did they ever, like, uh, show that maybe somebody else had her password or that she was somewhere else at the time of the searches or anything like that? No. Well, they they established through cell phone data. Okay. That that she was around her house the entire day. That she didn't go to where she was supposed to go to where she was there the entire... Went through that... Last episode when you weren't here. Yeah. And so, um, yeah. Based on the documentary, to me, nobody like proof. I left that out of my, uh, I left that out of my, my closing arguments that, yeah, there is no, there is no other person that could have mm-hmm. made those searches. She is the one that made, mm-hmm. not her dad. It was her. It was her. Okay. So we added it all up chloroform, mm-hmm. neck breaking, foolproof suffocation, all on her PC, all around the times that she would have been home the cell phone data supporting that she was at the house. Mm-hmm. Her mom was already gone at work. Her dad was supposed to have been gone. Maybe they got cell phone data showing where they're at. Mm-hmm. Those were searches were made by her. There's no other reasonable explanation unless there was a ghost. Mm-hmm. And I don't think there was. It's not reasonable no. to suggest that. No, it's so not. based off of that, based mm-hmm. on those searches here, what's the motive? She didn't want to have her baby anymore. She didn't want to raise mm-hmm. her baby. For whatever reason that is, she didn't want to raise her baby anymore. She had motive. She had opportunity. She had a plan. It was to suffocate her baby. We have a dead baby. We have their theory of the case saying that she drowned, Mm -hmm. which if they did recover, would have been very easy to say when they find out that the method of death was through asphyxiation. Oh, well, that was a drowning. Mm -hmm. Could have been a drowning. Could have been a, a, a duct tape death, right? But that's a very specific, narrow, um, pigeonholed way to die. Mm-hmm. And the only other plausible explanation would have been that. That's another. <laughs> so if, if 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 you do if you do not, okay. Here's what I'll say: If you don't have mm-hmm. those Google searches, mm-hmm. you've established that were made by Casey. Mm-hmm. All you had was those. The, the other stuff, sure, reasonable doubt. Yeah. But if you attach 
the Google searches, then beyond a reasonable doubt, she murdered that kid. There's no other explanation. There's no other reason why you would, you would Google search foolproof suffocation. How do you break somebody's neck? How do you synthesize chloroform? And I know those weren't mm-hmm. the searches, but assuming that that was did it. Did she ever explain why she was making those searches? Or did she nope. completely denied? Well, she didn't testify. Oh, that's oh, yeah, right. That's yeah. For a reason. Yes, of course. I mean, she, she was not going to. She was going to be eaten <laughs> She alive. was going to get ripped apart. <laughs> no, okay. definitely. Well, you know what, Eliana? Based on my closing argument and based off of yours, mm-hmm. I, I think uh, she's guilty. Okay. I win. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. What do you think, Jocelyn? Well, I have to, I always thought she was guilty from the get-go. Well, last week you said she was not guilty. Yeah, because if I was in the jury and I was presented all of this, then I would assume she's not guilty. But. Based off of our arguments today, all right, okay. who wins, myself or Ileana? <laughs> I didn't even make a closing <laughs> argument. That was your choice. You t- you wanted well, to present it like a scientist. If they closed it like that, <laughs> then yeah, I would have assumed she's guilty. Mm-hmm. So I win. Yes. Okay. That's all I wanted. <laughs> he wanted the medal. He wanted the, 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 the win, yeah. No, I mean, at the end of the day, my opinion is that I don't know if she did it. Like, I yeah. really don't know. I think she knows what happened. I think she was involved somehow, either when it happened or afterwards, like with the hiding in the body, whatever. She knows something that she's not saying. Mm -hmm. But based on everything that I've heard so far from this case, I really have my doubts if she actually did it. Yeah, I I can see that. My official position on it is that uh, she probably did it. But I got my doubts. Mm -hmm. Same as you. I mean, it's a plausible story, and that's all the defense was required to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, they did it, especially over um, the way that they, the way that they presented it. I just, I don't know. It, it, I'm not going to say it's malpractice. Mm-hmm. I'm not even going to say it's bad prosecuting. It's just not. They were missing the mark mm-hmm. a little bit with how they presented the case. You want to know what the judge thought about it? The, the judge. judge had an opinion. Oh, okay. About the case, let's uh, let's hear uh, let's hear from the judge. <laughs> Casey Anthony is finally speaking out, but in a documentary that seems to be tilted, you know, toward her version. Uh, I'm not surprised, but uh, that was the same uh, crap uh, that was floated uh, at the trial that uh, the child somehow or another slipped out of the home, drowned in the pool, Uh, Mr. Anthony retrieved the child, brought the child in, and then took the child and dumped it uh, in a swampy area like a piece of trash. Yet the jury, did they kind of buy that by acquitting her? I I, I think the only indication we have of what the jury may have thought was one juror said that the state was unable to show how uh, Kelly died, mm-hmm. and, and that, to me, is a very important point. Uh, not that uh, they bought the story uh, mm. that was told by uh, the defense in this case. It's more that there was a lack of evidence on the case on the side of prosecutors. Mm-hmm. Is what you what ju- what jurors were saying after the after the trial? A- exactly, and the sad part about it. Uh, the state did not have to show how she died. That's yep. not an element to, to, to be proven. They only had to show 
that she had in fact died and that it was a homicide. Were you surprised by the jury's verdict? The state of Florida put together a very compelling case. Uh, And uh, like everyone else, I thought the state had put enough uh, evidence on that if the jury believed it, it would sustain a verdict of guilty. But the jury did not uh, believe that. So that's the result. Mm-hmm. One of the things I've learned from being a former prosecutor and a judge is anything can happen in the trial. There's no such thing as a lock case. So was I surprised? Yes and no. I always knew in the back of my mind uh, that that was a possibility, and you have to give the defense credit. Uh, Mr. Baez and Mr. Mason uh, literally littered that case with as much reasonable doubt as they possibly could. And uh, so when that verdict came out, you could attach a reason. They did a great job, as defense attorneys will sometimes do. Do you think justice was served in the trial? Anytime a jury returns a verdict, uh, the answer to your question is yes. Yeah. I think that that judge understands. For all the prosecutors that watch this show, I think we, I think the takeaway has got to be stop putting on so much. If you can't prove the manner of death, then ignore it. You don't have to prove that shit. Just prove the simple stuff. There was a plan to kill somebody and somebody is dead. There's only one plausible explanation for that, you know? And if the plausible explanations, ulterior theories, match the manner of planned murder, that's too big of a coincidence to be reasonable. Mm-hmm. And on those grounds, my closing argument, as Jocelyn stated, <laughs> I win. I'm She's guilty. Bring you a medal next time. All right, yeah. I, I want my medal. Get him a medal. I want my name engraved. Yeah. Oh, I want the date. Hall of Fame. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, um, We've almost been going for two hours, ladies. Oh, my goodness. This might be the longest show that we've done since the summer when uh, me and Ileana were doing this over Zoom or whatever we were using. (laughs) Um, But I did not want to do a part three, so I wanted to try to wrap it up. Yeah, it's Um, it's a lot. Jocelyn, did you do your little five-minute segment? I did not. I completely forgot. That's okay. You're fired. (laughs) You're fired from your... I'm just kidding. <coughs> that was episode 21. Ileana, it was really good to have you back and uh, to talk about this Casey Anthony yeah. stuff. Um, hopefully, you'll be around next week when we do episode 22. Yeah, likely. Um, I'm not sure what the, t- what the subject matter is going to be yet, but I think we're done with Casey Anthony. Mm-hmm. Anthony, we've spent almost three hours talking about it. Um, and also, I just won the case, so... I want to end on a high note. Yeah, you, you, you're done. You won, so you're good. I'm very proud of myself. <laughs> um, with that being said, uh, to everybody that watches the show, I completely forgot to upload the podcast, the audio podcast from last week. I will be doing that, not today, but uh, tomorrow when I upload tomorrow's show. Um, I usually upload the audio first. Last week, I, I uh, reversed my process, <laughs> and I uh, uploaded the YouTube and just uh, forgot to do it. And so I will make sure that gets up. Uh, most of our viewership is from the YouTube show anyway. Mm-hmm. It used to be the reverse, and now it's flipped. Maybe it'll flip back at some point. 
But <clears throat> um, whatever your podcast uh, string of choice, uh, we're, we're likely on there. Apple Pods, Spotify, um, CastBox is a big one. We're now on Wondery, I think. Actually, I'm not sure about that. We'll have to check. But um, if you look for us on podcasts, you're going to find us wherever it is that you normally listen to, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> for those of you that listen to us on the YouTube um, show, uh, thank you so much for listening and continuing to listen and uh, to our 1,230-so-some-odd subscribers. Thank you for subscribing. And please do continue to stick with us. I do have some really big plans um, coming up. We had mentioned before (coughs) on previous shows that we were going to have a uh, user or a listener call in voicemail Mm -hmm. setup so that you guys could call and maybe get on the show Mm -hmm. and we'll air your voicemails good or bad. If you Mm want to talk shit about stuff, you know, or uh, talk about how I'm unprofessional because I touched the mic too much. (laughs) And I guess that would be the way to do it. And we might throw that one on air. Or if you want to say good things, that's cool too. That'd be funny. If you want to join the Jocelyn or Ileana or uh, Melissa fan clubs, um, you guys all have fans. Please. (laughs) If you do, don't tell me. Yeah. Um, But thank you guys. Sincerely, sincerely, thank you for listening. Um, I really do appreciate you guys um, consuming the content that we're putting out. And uh, we're going to be around for a long time. I'm going to keep on putting out videos, and we're going to see what happens. Um, But until then, uh, for today's show, uh, thank you so much again for listening, and I hope you guys are ready for Christmas. I know I'm not quite ready yet. Um, Mm -hmm. Well, for the children anyway. For the adults, just know that you guys are probably going to get gift cards. (laughs) And if you don't, I'll probably just give you a handshake and some eggnog and we'll call it a day and Merry Christmas. Yeah, but you guys are grown. And, you know, I'm not Santa Claus for the adults. Mm -hmm. I'll be Santa Claus for the kids. Mm -hmm. Um, Guys, be safe out there and um, love on your family. Enjoy your time with your family. And we will see you all next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you all for listening to the entire podcast. We really do appreciate that. And as always, you can find us on YouTube on the Tilted Lawyer Podcast YouTube channel or on your podcast carrier of choice. If you feel we've presented anything of value, please leave a five-star rating, like, and subscribe. We always appreciate that kind of thing. And we do look forward to seeing you all again live every Thursday at 3 in the afternoon. We love you all. Take care. Bye-bye.